0: done its part. let Him reign in my life my heart. Love done its part. Now let Him reign in my life my
1: heart. Welcome to Healing Hidden Wounds Radio, sponsored by Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We are glad you are listening today, and hope you find words of healing, insight, and restoration. Shadow of His Wings Ministry was founded by Lee and Shay Preston and born out of God's vision for setting captives free. If you would like to support us in the work we do, please visit www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com to donate. Today on Healing Hidden Wounds, Lee is talking with Jonathan Darty, director of Be Broken Ministries. Let's listen in as Lee and Jonathan discuss the ins and outs of recovery from sexual brokenness.
2: Going to be talking about issues pertaining to helping those who have unwanted same sex attraction and being able to help them uh, be able to overcome some of those and find out what God's best is for them in their management of their sexuality and their relationships. So, Lee, today um, you've come with an idea here of talking to us about uh, addiction. Some of it's going to apply both to, you know, heterosexual addicts as well as homosexual addicts and then but there's going to be a distinction that that we eventually make and and the real issue uh that you wanted to talk about is the idea of of uh addiction being a cheap substitute for intimacy is that is that right that's and right why don't you just kind of take us off from there and and see see where things go okay
0: well you know something i've i've found over uh just my in my own life and then working with folks who have sexual addiction same-sex attraction is that the whole idea of sex is easy. Uh, and, and that's sometimes confusing to people who don't have addiction because they don't see sex as easy a lot of times. But in this world, in, this, uh, in the same sex attraction world, and homosexual and heterosexual addiction, sex is usually the easy part. Finding someone to have sex with is easy. It's, it's keeping a relationship and going to the intimate level of that relationship is usually what's difficult.
2: Well, and, and when you say sex is easy, we could, we could also apply that to even things such as self-sex, you know, sure. masturbation, things like that. The, just being sexual is pretty easy to do. I sure. mean, whether it's, whether it's through pornography, whether it's uh, actually with another person, um, just the idea of using our sexuality in, in whatever way we see fit is pretty easy to do in our culture.
0: Right. Sure. Definitely with pornography and masturbation. But I would also add in there anonymous sex. I mean, I I know in the same-sex attraction world, anonymous sex is easy. There's usually locations around town that people can pick up other people. Uh, I know in the heterosexual world, there's definitely uh, chat uh, rooms. where You can easily get in and easily find someone within a matter of minutes who's willing to meet up. Uh, but unfortunately, what happens is, is that cheap substitute takes the place of ever having a long-term, close, intimate relationship, even with your wife.
2: It's it's almost as if uh, we get we get so enamored and focused on the pleasure aspect, the physical pleasure aspect of our sexuality, that we remove it completely from the context of relationship, emotion, any sort of spiritual uh, aspect whatsoever. We really begin to search out just for, and really it becomes a self-centered thing as well, because when you say sex is easy, well, it's easy in the sense that if I'm if I'm seeking only what I want in the moment, yeah, that's pretty easy to do because it requires no responsibility for me to actually form any sort of commitment to give at all. It's just about right. me taking, uh, and I think that's what we see in our culture a lot of times, and even whether it's same sex or heterosexual. Uh, struggles. It's almost as if sex becomes a taking mentality, rather than in a relationship where it's much more of a giving uh, sort of thing. It's it's more about you know offering your sex your sexuality to your your spouse instead of taking what you can get from anybody who's willing to give it to you.
0: Most definitely. And I think you see that more and more with today's uh, IMing and chatting where people can hook up real quickly or this uh, friends with benefits. Uh, you know, you have somebody who who's just there strictly for sex. And while it may seem like an uh, among especially the younger generation, it seems like an okay thing, what it ends up doing is it ends up kind of clouding over the conscience to the point where then when it comes time to having an actual relationship and being intimate, you don't know how to do it because you're so surface with everyone else.
2: It's almost like the difference between uh, living living in a fantasy world and then coming out of that to try to engage reality. Exactly. And there's a lot of confusion with that because you think about the, the vast majority of where people get their information, where they are entertained, where um, they, they see relationships, a lot of it is through television, movies, radio, um, a lot of these media outlets, and everything has become more and more sensationalized. So what you might see in a movie is, okay, we're going to see this relationship, quote-unquote, that's going to go through all these stages in 90 minutes, and, and so everything's compacted. And then you look at television, it's compacted even more. Sure. Okay, we're going to see a 60-second a commercial that shows this couple, you know, running across the field toward one another, barely clothed, and everything's hunky-dory and wonderful, and there's no reality in that whatsoever. And, you know, add into that mix that all these images are sexualized, and then you can see why there's a whole generation growing up that is... Really, when it comes to relationships, they're existing in a fantasy world. Their minds, it's hard for them to even comprehend what an actual real relationship would look
0: like. Sure. And with most uh, of the teens of this generation, most of them live in either a single-parent household or a no-parent household, uh, where parents are off working and they don't see relationship anymore. They don't see a mom and a dad having to work through situations and arguments and all those sorts of things. And certainly in the gay community, when you add up the what we see in, a, in the general population and you look at the gay community where the community is based upon sexuality in and of itself, then you've got these folks who end up having one anonymous, one quick, one fast food so to speak relationship one way one right after the other
2: but see i you know lee i'm going to kind of play the devil's advocate here it isn't the message that we get through the media concerning the this the the gay lifestyle is that they have deep intimacy with one another they have deep friendship that it's not about just the sex and you're sitting here telling me that the foundation of much of what goes on in the gay community is purely sexual
0: well Jonathan i can only tell you after being there and working with guys in there that the the culture itself is based on their sexuality there is no other culture that you know is based upon an action in their sexuality so there's the first the first stop right there says I can only be gay if I enjoy having sex with the same person. I can only, I mean, the same gender. I can only join this community if I'm willing to join the same sex in some sort of sexual union. And that's unlike any other protected category, so to speak. Sure, You don't see that among ethnicity, age, any of those things. The other thing is, is usually, I mean, and we know this, is anonymous sex is very much the first standard of the homosexual community. Anonymous, quick, one night stands. Now someone could say it's the same way in the heterosexual community. Sure, I can see that, but it's never but their community isn't based upon their sexuality. It isn't based upon we're part of this community because we have sex with the same gender. And so you add all those things together, even the long term relationships, usually there is an agreement between the couple that sex outside the union is okay as long as we both agree on it. I see, yeah. And so you end up still having a less than intimate relationship, a relationship that never goes as deep as a a couple should, as God ordained a husband and a wife to go to because they say they're close, they say they're in love with each other, but usually there's this additional stuff added in because it's a sinful relationship.
2: So then where does this, you know, we're talking about the idea of, you know, addiction being a cheap substitute for intimacy and that there's a, there are a lot of similarities between, um, you know, heterosexual addiction and homosexual addiction in the sense that they're both, um, they both are devoid of intimacy or of reality in terms of real relationships. What sets same-sex attraction apart from heterosexual in terms of this idea of it being devoid of intimacy or or the relationship itself being different maybe from uh, what is missing, I suppose, that may be different from what you would see in a heterosexual sex addict?
0: Well, what you usually can see, especially in the same-sex community, is that a man may, and I, I can speak primarily to gay men, they the the man may have Uh, a sexual relationship. He may have several of them. He may come home and pick up some guy at a bar or go to a bathhouse or something and have quick intimate sex, but then show up the next day at work and be very fearful of having any relationships whatsoever with the men around him because he's scared of having intimate relationship or friendship with men who aren't gay. There's almost uh, a wall that goes up that says I can relate to other gay men, but I can't relate to, to real men. I can't re- relate to men who don't have this issue
2: where, where is that what is what is that fear born out of? I mean where does that fear come from?
0: Well there's an innate in uh, a a, a, a gene- not a genetic of course but a a, a, a nurturing thing that happens to a boy who grows up in the same-sex lifestyle that says men are scary. Mom is safe, usually. I mean, I can't stereotype for everyone, and I don't mean to do that, but I'm saying usually mom is safe, dad is fearful, masculinity is fearful. There's this mystery around masculinity. So when I am finally accepted into this gay community, I can feel safe with these men because they're part of who I am, and they know me immediately. You know, I can't, you know, as a, as a gay man, you can't walk in and say to a group of guys, Hey, we're all alike in here because, uh Oh, I may not be like, uh, but I can in the, in the gay community.
2: So in essence, you know, if, if, like you said, mom is safe in that, in that boy growing up, he essentially then associates, you know, females are safe in terms of friendships, you know, um, very platonic non-sexual relationships whereas then maybe interprets that males are are threatening are are overwhelming to him he can't he can't connect with them in the same way or with the same ease that he might be able to connect emotionally with a female is that kind of what you're saying sure and so then out of that he feels very awkward and uncomfortable around other males because he doesn't he doesn't feel that same sort of connection with his masculinity as he might see in other men who have no problem embracing their masculinity, um, and that feels threatening to him?
0: Sure, because their masculinity in and of itself is threatening to him, because his is underdeveloped, it is unknown, there's a real mystery there behind it. It's a feeling of, who am I really? I can't relate to these guys, I probably won't measure up to these guys either, So uh, I can be one of the crowd when I'm in the gay community, but you put me in a a group of of heterosexual men, I'm going to get scared, I'm not going to know what to do, they're going to know right off that I'm, I'm not like them, and that's what leads to this anonymous sex, this anonymous, if I can just, I don't have to be vulnerable, I don't have to let anybody know who I really am, if I can pick up a guy here, pick up a guy there, guess what, the sex happens right away, you know, this guy's gay. I can relate to him. But whereas out in the real world you have to actually get to know him and you actually have to ask questions and you have to say, Hey, you know, what do you do for a living? And, you know, are you married? And how many kids do you have? And what are your likes and what are your dislikes and all those sorts of things?
2: But while he may be able to have sex and then therefore, so to speak, relate to him, that that doesn't mean that there will ever be any any friendships developed. Is that kind of what you're saying? It's like it's it's like there's a again the the act is devoid of intimacy. It's devoid of relationship, really. Right. Uh, and so you, what you see is you see these men who they are they're involved in these homosexual actions, seeking what they can't get through those homosexual actions, which is friendship. Right. And And so it's kind of, it's kind of puts, you got to imagine it, that's got to be a pretty frustrating journey for these, these guys struggling is they're, they're wanting intimacy, which I think we all, we're all born with a desire for deep connection with others. And yet they've misguided that to mean these sexual relationships or these sexual unions will bring me that sort of intimacy.
0: Right. Well, quick sex does give you a level of intimacy. I mean, you know that person right away, at least physically. Uh, You don't know their thoughts. You don't know their feelings. You don't know anything about them. But at least physically, you stand in front of them, usually naked and unashamed, so to speak. And so there is some intimacy there. But it's very quick, and it's very surface. And yet you may find gay men who say, well, you know, but I, i But we became friends in the end, and he's one of the closest friends I've ever had. But if you think about it, the relationship started based upon sex. And so that's an easy way to break into what may not be real, which means I can have quick intimacy with someone, quick sex, and then say, oh, he's my best friend, because we got to know each other afterwards. Well, but did we get to know each other afterwards because we really wanted to, or because of the sex? And then that's why those relationships tend to crumble after a while.
2: well isn't and some of that is still also similar in heterosexual addiction, where a guy is searching for you know he's searching for, for intimacy, he's searching for connection as well, but he's also looking for it through sexual relationships and so it seems like in the heterosexual community you've got these men who uh, really have become incapable of had it, having any sort of a healthy friendships with any women whereas in, and then in the homosexual community you've got guys who are seeking that intimacy with other men but only using only through sex and then they're incapable of having healthy friendships with men sure and so there's a similarity there and then and then usually that creates some sort of intimidation factor whereas in, for the homosexual he's intimidated around masculine men he's intimidated around men and then the heterosexual he's intimidated around women sure
0: and what it boils down to is that fear of being vulnerable of being able to show me for who I really am and just get to know someone based upon who I am without having sex be the precursor to any other type of of any other part of the relationship that fear of vulnerability says, I don't like who I am on the inside, so you're not going to like who I am either. But you know what? As a gay man, if he or a, a man struggling with same-sex attraction, if he can jump up and have sex with this guy, there's an automatic acceptance there. And it's the same with a heterosexually addicted man. If he can woo this woman and pursue her, then she gives in she has sex with him then he's already gotten some level of acceptance she she never really has to get to know his heart she never really has to know what he believes just like the heterosexual i mean the homosexual struggler the guy never has to really know who he is he just knows i've been accepted based upon my sex
2: yeah and that's why the cycle repeats is it because it's only a momentary um Instance of in- intimacy, if you want to even call it intimacy, because there is something very, very powerful about sex, whether it be heterosexual or homosexual. There's something very, very powerful about that, and in that moment, uh, you can feel justified in saying this is intimacy. This is what I have been looking for, because it feels that way in that moment. Sure, and but then, what... but then it it ends up fading very quickly, and next thing you know, you're on the hunt again. You have to be pursuing that moment, whereas I think in a in a healthy relationship that's in reality, you can begin to develop a very strong baseline that continues regardless of your circumstance, regardless of the activities you're engaged in together, that says there's something deep here, there's a bond here, there's a union that goes beyond a sexual thrill, a sexual moment.
0: Most, most definitely. And that's why I put in my notes here that you leave before the bad breath hits, you know, and I and I know you laughed about that. But what I'm trying to say there is is that, you know, you don't have to get to know that person and all their ugliness and then all their greatness and the morning after when their breath doesn't smell so great and their dirty underwear are on the floor and... They got kids to deal with, and they got job stresses to come home to, and you don't, you never have to deal with that. All you ever do is deal with sex, and once it's over, you're out of there, and there's no relationship, there's no connection, there's just sex, and it's like getting about a quarter of an inch of a drink of water when you're dying of
2: thirst. But you know what's interesting, Lee, is, is what you just said in that little segment there, you know, there's no this, there's no that, there's no, you know, having to deal with the bad breath our culture promotes that as something valuable i mean there could be there could be a ton of guys listening to our program going right now right now saying yeah what's the big deal with that that sounds great to me our culture our media has been promoting that sort of idea as being the ideal man if you could just get in and get out and there's no actual no responsibility no commitment no bond whatsoever great let's just get in and get our sex and get out and and that's been promoted as something of great value and yet we see our culture crumbling from the inside out we see these broken hearted homosexual strugglers who are uh committing suicides who are desperate in their in their search for uh for love and intimacy that so much so that some are becoming drug addicts i mean there's all sorts of things that that extreme measures that these guys are going to because what that message provides is absolutely empty
0: right because jonathan no matter whether it's on the homosexual side of the house or the heterosexual side cheap quick sex is empty yeah. it's empty and you will thirst again and again and again And it's not until you get into that relationship, and I speak to men who have same-sex attraction, and I say, until you get into good, strong relationships with men that are not sexual, that are friendships, and until you get involved in good, strong relationships with your wife, if you're married right now and struggling with same-sex attraction. Same for heterosexual strugglers who are addicted. If they don't press into good, strong relationships with men, in good, strong relationship with their wife, and have relationship with people, then they will live to thirst again. And that sex, that quick sex, will fulfill for a moment. But it won't fulfill for very long. And that's why you see, like you said gay men who are struggling with having sex with multiple partners and who feel empty and who feel depressed and who can't figure out why they aren't happy and why they can't figure out why their their health is failing. And I don't mean HIV and AIDS. I mean, just in general, things are deteriorating. They don't feel there's not a, an abundant life there because there is no fulfillment. Same for uh, addicted men who are in the heterosexual community. It's like They see it, they can almost grab it, but they end up choosing the quick sex instead. I had one gentleman say, you know, his wife could be in the bedroom next door, but he'd go upstairs to the computer room and get online and look at pictures and masturbate just because it was easier, it was quicker, and he didn't have to wake her up to get to know who she really was. And that happens on both sides, you know, whether it's a, a gay man who longs to have that male touch... But doesn't know how to get it legitimately from a man who doesn't want anything from him, you know. I, I, you can say I, I'm a. You could want that real male friendship and have a hug from a guy, and it goes much further than having sex with some guy on a one night stand or in a public restroom. But you don't know that until you actually experience the truth of it.
2: Right, and that's really the message we want to leave the listeners: is that there, it is going to take some courage. Uh, for you to to overcome this Uh, we're not we're not diminishing the fact that there are fears involved with being vulnerable with pressing into friendships with doing what's necessary to get educated on well how do I uh, engage a group of men without sexualizing those relationships and so we want to help you and so please you know contact our ministry to, to help allow us to help guide you in that process but the bottom line is you've got to start today to overcome those fears of vulnerability. Uh, purity, a life of purity, a life of real abundance, and, and I mean that in a spiritual, emotional sense, is on, only exists in community. It really only exists in relationships. And so my encouragement to you listeners out there is to take some steps today to begin um, investing in those types of relationships, and what you'll see over the long term is that you won't have to find that you won't have to be searching uh, in in a place where you can only find cheap thrills. You don't have to search there anymore. You don't have to search in your addiction. You don't have to search in our culture. You can find that in really solid, deep relationships.
0: That's right, Jonathan. And I just want to add real quickly for that man who is same sex attracted and he's struggling with his addiction. I just want to tell him, don't be afraid. Mm -hmm. You may press into heterosexual men and really get to know them and start good, strong relationships. And you may feel sexually attracted initially because guess what, guys? That's what you've known. That's all you've ever known. But until you do that and you start realizing that, okay, man, I may feel a little bit of an attraction or I may feel a little arousal at first. It's okay. Break through that. Push past it. Find those guys who are safe and who are strong and who don't you know don't mind your past and want to help you and press in and have a relationship and that tends that that will go away.
2: Excellent, that's good stuff.
1: We are glad you joined us today and we hope that God had a special word just for you. Remember that healing hidden wounds and shadow of his wings ministry are listeners supported. And all services are provided on a donation basis. If you heard something today that was especially important to you, we hope you will consider donating a gift. Please visit www.healinghiddenwounds.com to donate today.
0: Let my life my heart. love is done its
2: part.
0: Let Him reign.